Barber College Success brought to you by Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy JC, Crown Cuts Academy Bristol, and Craig's Crown Cuts Downtown JC. Today, with my co-host, I'll let him introduce himself in a second. We're going to hit this major topic. I went to all my students and told them, give me a list of their questions and we'll answer them. So hopefully these are some questions that students across the country, across the world, might be interested in. And if you have some questions or some comments, send, send, it, send it to us. Send it to the Facebook, the Instagram page, Crown Cuts Academy JC, IG, or Crown Cuts Academy JC <clears throat> Facebook. Again, spreading love the Crown Cuts way is the only way we know how to do it. And spreading love is the JC way. Boom. Co-host, introduce yourself. Am I Fields? Am I your barber on Instagram? Am I? Y'all might not. Y'all might know how to say it by now. Just keep listening. You'll get it eventually. Blessed to be here. So today we have a list of questions from my students. And we're just going to roll off the questions. And am I? We're just going to go back and forth and answer in the best of our ability. What do you, first of all, when you hear that students having questions, what do, what, do you, what comes to your mind? What do you think about? I think about when I first started, like all the questions that I had, like there's just so many, I mean, from how to hold a clipper to, you know, how do I do my taxes to there's just, you know, you're jumping in something that's just, you see people doing it all the time, but you really don't know what's behind the scenes. I think it's like any job. Right. And it's important for students to ask questions because it helps them develop and and it helps them maintain that pace or that course mm-hmm. through the journey. Because at times, it may seem very long. Because if you go full-time, 1,500 hours, you can knock it out in 10 and a half months. Yeah, and, and I mean, and getting questions, getting getting some feedback on your questions, definitely, <clears throat> it, it keeps you motivated, too. Yeah. You feel like you're not getting just overwhelmed by stuff. And you can pace yourself and understand that your first month, it's not going to be like your second month or your third month. Yeah. Every time you're going to grow, every time you're getting better, but you're going into this avenue that you don't know nothing about and you're just kind of going blind and hoping for the best. And that's, that's kind of what you got to do with this industry, man. You got to make that leap. Kids coming straight out of school, not knowing anything about it or people leaving careers to start a new career, you know, leaving jobs with retirement and, and everything just to, to get that freedom that this job provides. So I'll go back to my favorite quote from Jay-Z. It's a verse in his song. Make your first like your last and make your last like your first and make that your everything. I think when you come to barber school, make your first day like your last day. Mm-hmm. You come in hungry, you leave hungry and make your last day like your first day. You have that, that, that zest in your, in your mouth, that taste for hunger, that taste to be great. And then make that your everything. Because if you do that in barber school, cosmet- whatever cosmetology field that you're going into, barbering, aesthetics, nails, makeup, cosmetology, or whatever job you entitle you go into, even if you go into college for four years, make your first day like your last and make that your everything. And always, and, and that keeps you staying motivated and always willing to learn, even after you get your license, even after you own your own shop, even after you, you know, uh, meet, reach that Craig Charles status, <laughs> still trying to learn and grow and be better every day. Of course, of course. I think it's important to cont- for continuous growth. I think Kobe had a great quote too. Kobe said, um, 
Which Kobe? Kobe from the school or Kobe Kobe? Uh, Kobe Kobe. Okay. Number eight and two four. Okay. Yeah, late great Kobe Bill, what Jelly Bean Bryant? <laughs> Is that what they call him, Jelly Bean Bryant? Oh, his, his dad name was Bean. Oh, really? Uh, Joe Bean. I did not know that. Yeah, Joe Bean Bryant. I think Kobe said, "Hard work is continuous. When I'm dead, I'll stop working." Word. <laughs> I like that commercial with Kanye West, and he was like, "He's like, how can I, how can I be better?" He said, "Be more." You know, he just kept going on and on and on, no matter what. So let's jump into some of these questions. And one of the questions one of my students asked, how do I make fellow students show up to class? He was that concerned about his fellow student. He wanted to know how could can he make his fellow students take it as serious as, he, as him and show up to class? And that was an admirable question because that shows that he understands that every day is important. If you miss a day, you're going to miss something great. And, and I mean, just being that example, too. You be the example, you know, they come into class, they ain't got no haircuts to do, they sit around playing on their phones, and they look at you, and you got consistent people showing up, you wanting to book appointments with you, people are going to be like, how you doing that? You know, you get, I come, I show up. Right. And, and that's a good that's a good one, setting the example, setting the tone, being yourself, giving your all. When there's some dead time, you grab a mannequin, ask plenty of questions, mm-hmm. always be tentative, don't be afraid to ask the instructor's questions. Don't be afraid to ask senior students questions. And I believe in this industry, uh, the people that are willing to work stand out. And I, I think well, well, probably with most things, but definitely from what I've seen in this industry, the people that are willing to, to keep growing and learning and to put forth the effort are going to stand out. You can't hide them. It's going to, they're just going to bug. You, you can't. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't shortcut pro- the process. You can't short, there's no shortcut to success. Mm-hmm. You have to come in every day balling out. You have to come in every day just having that hunger in your mouth from, from the first day to the last day, all throughout those 10, 11 months. Some people might take them a year, but that whole that whole year, every month, you're trying to get better. Every month, you're trying to succeed to a new level. It's like going to the gym. You know, first you might go to the gym and you might curl five pounds, but you go to the gym for a month, you're going to be curling 30 pounds. You go to the gym for a year, you might be curling 100 pounds. You never know. Right. And, that, and that's that's true story because most people in life think you lift weights today and you gain a muscle tomorrow that's not realistic no i'll tell you not you have to you have to continuously stay on course and and grab a path and set the tone and set the example of course and because hard work always pays off for sure and always i remember watching a kevin hart interview and he said that it's easy to give up. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. He mm-hmm. said the hardest thing to do is to is to wake up and say, I didn't get nothing yesterday. I didn't get nothing out of yesterday. I'm going to wake up today, and I'm going to go harder. Right. Mm. Hard work. It, it, it's just a pyramid. You can't, you, you can't sugarcoat it. You can't go around it. Mm-hmm. You, you have to just go through it, and you have to do the principles that's been laid out from day one. Yeah. And I'm talking about B.C., before Christ. <laughs> Those principles was laid out before then because there were a lot of things that were built, I'm pretty sure, through the time that took some discipline, some hard work, and just some, hey, someone with some fortitude to be like, Yo, I got to get this. Oh, for sure. I got to do this, and I can't stop. Just born with it or yes. just develop it. Something happens, you just go. Go with your questions. All right. Uh, this one was one of my favorites. It says, what is the best way to balance work and family life in the barber industry? I, it's, it's hard to do. Um, cause you work, you work for 
the people that you're servicing. Mm -hmm. So you got to make yourself available. Like we talked about on one podcast, 24 hours a day, almost, almost 24 hours a day, but you definitely have to, and I got a wife and children and today I, I, I took off only did one haircut. I still did a haircut. It's hard. It's hard to not go in and do a cut, but it's your passion. Yeah. I love it. I do love it. And you know, and I love the people that I service too, you know, and it, I had to take the day off and she had to get some stuff done around the house, but just doing that, it, it had to happen. I have to spend that time. Right. So you definitely have to find that happy medium in your life to where, you know, you can, you can spend time with your loved ones and also grind it out and, and do what you love. So you have to be organized. Of course. Of course. And you, you'll be organized and, uh, you know, being able to be making sure that, that you and your clients and your family knows what the expectation is, you know, that, that you're going to be here such and such days that you have such and such off and not be lazy and just, you know, living the life by in the moment, you know, you gotta, you gotta prepare, you gotta be prepared. You have to be prepared. That's that's like, hey, you can't you can't even shortcut that. You can't even go around that. To earn the crown, you have to be prepared. You have to be ready to be like, hey, have a schedule. And and I learned that, and my organizational skills has, has never been the best. <laughs> and, and and that's I feel like that's one thing that this thing has helped me grow is because. You know, you double book somebody, they're gonna be right there talking. You're gonna be face to face with them, and you're gonna have to tell them why they double booked or or why you didn't show up to work when you told them you was going to be there, you know, and, and, and it's, you got to have a, a accountability for yourself. Right. Hmm. I mean, there's it, not too much to be said. I mean, about that one. How do you juggle it? How does, I mean, you have to have a balance. You have to have a peace of mind. You, you, you can't overbook yourself. You can't stretch yourself too thin. Um, you, you have to get proper rest, proper nutrition. All those things play a, a role in how this, this pyramid of your body is going to keep going for you to perform all these duties or to be diligent in what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I do that helps me, I meal prep. Every week I go to a meal prep company and they plan my meals for me. So I have my meals laid out so I know in the morning, I'm going to eat this. In the afternoon, I'm going to eat this. In the evening, I'm going to eat this. And it's laid out. Just get them on Mondays, stack them in the refrigerator, and put them in the microwave every time I'm ready to eat. So that one piece of whatever you call it that I can take away and save some time, that that helps me throughout the week. And that's, I mean, for me, like one example for me to save time is I know people take pride in mowing their yards, but I just don't have the time. I got to big decent sized yard and I don't have time to do it so I pay somebody to mow my lawn but that saves me two hours on a on a Monday when I could be in shop working or right. I could be spending time with my family so just something simple like, I mean t- you can't put a price on the time even to have like a pen and pad and organize your day organize your week and let people know hey this is where I'm going to be this is what I'll be doing and this is how I'll do it Organization helps so much. It's, it's as simple as going to Office Max, Office Depot, getting your calendar. And what you're doing at 8? What are you doing at 9? Mm-hmm. What are you doing at 10? When are you going to eat? What are you doing at 11? And so forth and so forth. Organization has helped me a lot. Because in the morning, first thing I have to do when I wake up is check my emails. Mm-hmm. Message everybody back. Message everyone back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... <clears throat> 
true story. This is just off the subject. But last week, um, one of the students was like, I'm Craig. He said, my phone, he brought my phone to me. Because, you know, everybody knows in school, I don't keep my phone, my cell phone on. It might be in random places. He's like, Craig, your phone was ringing. I'm like, ah, um, I'll get it. I'm taking care of a student right now, showing them how to do a haircut. I'll call him when I'm, I'll call back. He said, um, set a number. What's the over and under for how many calls you've missed? And it was about like 11 a.m. <laughs> how many? <clears throat> and the over and under was 10. Yeah. <laughs> and all the students took over. But that particular day was seven. Okay. Seven missed calls by So that was an easy day. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> Is that one way that you do kind of kind of separate yourself from when you're there that you're there you just kind of put your phone to the side and I'm, then and whenever you need to answer it yeah i'm at work um the school phone that's a business phone as well you can call the school phone when i'm at work my whole focus is the students my whole focus is the building the school what's going on do you do that at home as well um I probably spend more time. My wife will say that I'm on my phone all the time, but <laughs> I, I wait. I wait for it to leave the room. I wait for it, and then I'll pull it out real quick, bust it out, and then put it back. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, at, at home I'm chilling. When I'm at home, I'm relaxing. Yeah, I'm either reading a book or just relaxing, watching a documentary or something. That's that's what I do for fun when I'm at home. Documentary. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how do I make a difference in my small town? I, I I can I I can take I can answer this one because the my shop that I work at is in a small town, but and I always thought I had to move to the city if I wanted to be successful I had to move to a city. But I remember I went to a class at Cosmoprof, and there was a guy there and he had million he had a million Instagram followers, a ridiculous amount of Instagram followers. He had a, he owned a salon, I can't remember his name, and he was very tech savvy at it. Mm-hmm. And when he brought it where his salon was, he said his salon that he built it's in, it's in the country. Right. I mean, you wouldn't know it was there if you drove by. But mm-hmm. you have to be that beacon. You have to, if you put yourself out there and you, you put your energy into the world and you market yourself well, then it doesn't matter where you're at because people will come to you. And I think it, it also, it can begin with your relationships. Any relationship you've had over time, you can go back to those connections and reconnect yourself and let people know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the church, whether it be the humane society, whether it be the book club, any type of relationship you have built, you can go back to them and let them know what your career path is and try to incorporate your career path with your relationship that you've built. And that way, I mean, it, it, you just kind of engulf your life with it and then it becomes easy. It becomes your everyday thing. Yes, yes, yes. And do things that you normally do. If you you do some charitable events, create some content for yourself, because a lot of small towns and small areas have, they have a lot of beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. You can have some sceneries that you can't have nowhere else. And that's how it is in my small town. I mean, especially in the fall time, it's beautiful. But you, you people don't realize how unique some places are. Right. Because you grow up, so if you grow up in a small town, you. but, you know, I grew up in a small town. I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to get to the city. I got to get, get here. But the people in the city trying to get to my small town. Right. They're trying to, they're trying to come and spend vacation because it's beautiful. They, they love it. They want that peace of mind. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's build your relationships. It's even, it's, with it being smaller, it's closer. And it's in proximity of you being able to, say, a week or two weeks or a month, get to the people that, who needs to know you and let them know what you're doing. 
and, and and you can meet you know you can start meeting the the people in your town that are influential and getting your name out there and build and you build your reputation at home. you can't build your reputation to the whole world at once you got to start at home first and then from home grow out yeah exactly and again Marcus Street me a shout out um Lathan is doing a great job with us. If you have questions, we're live on Facebook. Um, send us a question, and Lathan will put it on the board, and we'll answer your questions. Again, these questions are just basically um, all barber students' questions. And I have about almost 150 questions. I don't know if we'll get through with all of them, but we'll get through it a lot. And if you have any questions, I'm not going to call the student's name who gave these questions because each of them had their little postcard, and they just filled them up in front and back. They did a good job, though. Oh yeah, solid, some solid questions. I mean, it, it was some, it was a it was an activity we did in the class one day, and we just sat down and we just asked questions. And I made everyone write questions on the note card, and I answered them to my best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And it was fun because what that does it helped them grow. Everyone grew in that session, or and also people that might be embarrassed or or insecure to ask a question. Somebody else might not feel the same way and be willing to ask that question and get right. that answer to And And those questions sometimes, is, a lot of them are open-ended. So you'll get about like 10 different answers, and then you get a question from that question that leads to something else, which is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about open-ended questions. That's my yes, favorite. sir. I got one for you. Uh, how do you know this field of work is for you? How do you know, how do you know that when you sign up for this, that this is what you want to do? You have to make it your passion. You have to make it your passion. You can't think of, of course, you go into a career to take care of yourself, your family, and you want some type of residual income and see growth. But you have to go into it and make it your passion. And for me, some of the best things about barbering was the relationships that I made, the networking I was able to do. Those things, they didn't have a price. Those things was priceless. So are you saying that that you have to love love this? You to have to you have to love it. There's no there's no room for like questioning it. You should you should feel it. Like you should already know this is what you want to do. It, it can grow on you, mm-hmm. obviously. When she when you start seeing some success and you start seeing your hands catch up, your muscle memory, your hands catch up to your mind, and you're able to do some things with those with the clippers that people are like in awe of. Are you like, man, I did that? So for me, it was. I, I equate it to every 30 minutes, I have this blank canvas. And on this canvas, I am doing some magical work. And every 30 minutes, the canvas is leaving me. And I get to start over on a new canvas. And that was fun for me because I get to create something special every 30 minutes. And then just the joy of seeing my clients get up and spin around, do a dance, do a split after a haircut, or lick their fingers. <laughs> they did a split. You yeah. had somebody do a split in the barbershop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's satisfaction right there. I somebody. mean, he, thank you, it was James Brown. We were walking and did a split. Like, hey. Yeah. So the joy of that sometimes, it just overshadows any doubt I had in my mind about this industry and the love I have for it. And, so that's where it comes back to when I tell my students, I opened my barbershop in 2004, and I never had a day when I said I didn't want to go to work. And I opened my school in 2017. So from 2004 to 2017, the average person might say they didn't want to go to work probably every day in the week. <laughs> probably. I never had a day where I was like, ah, I don't want to go to work. On f- Saturdays, the last day of the week, it was tough, and it was a lot of work. And I was like, man, this is woo, this is work today, but... At the end of the day, you look in your pocket, you're like, man, I did this. Yeah. 
this is gratifying. And then Sunday comes, you rest and you relax, and then, you know, you're off on Monday, most, most barbers. And you're like, man, I can't wait to go back to work on Tuesday. I feel that same. I mean, for me, man, I love it so much. I got to keep myself from working. Like, I have to literally physically keep myself from booking appointments on days when I'm supposed to be off or running in and just, you know, just bust a few heads out because – it, like we, it goes back to managing that time because I love it so much and I love, I love doing it every single day. Right. I mean, it, it's 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 love, and that's that's where it begins. That's where you like, man, this is passionate for me. And you see a lot of people now who've had careers and they're starting to think of other ways of trying to find their passion and monetize their passion. Mm-hmm. So imagine you could do that at 18 years old. 18, 17, or even if you did it at 50 years old, right. just, to, just to get that, that freedom from, yes. from, from the, get that, that release from working, maybe you worked in a factory or work for, you know, some kind of municipality. I was talking to this kid last week, him and his, and his mother came in and she wants him to go to school and he wants to go to school and I could see it in his eyes and he's 17 he, and he graduate next month and he was like, this is what I want to do. And you can feel that you walk into <laughs> school, it's like. You see people, you know, people, especially when you're a younger person, like you, you see everybody swagged out, you know, and they're cutting hair and it's just like, look like rock stars. That's how I felt when I seen these guys on stage cutting at these bars. I'm like, man, they look like rock stars. They out right. here, everybody's watching them, you know, and it, you're so good at cutting that, that people want to come watch you cut. That's crazy. Um, How do I separate myself? It's kind of everything I think we've been saying so far. That's one of the questions, another, another question the student asks, how can I separate myself? Everything we've been saying so far kind of led, leads up to separating yourself. Of course. So, like, if, if you are the kind of person that loves, like, I'll take Tanner, for example. He loves working out. And he shares that in his, 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 his culture and the way he, that he presents his, 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 his working at, his, his barbering and his page, you know, the built barber, you know. Just that right there will maybe not separate yourself, but take you down a path that you want to be around, the environment that you want to create around yourself. You know, maybe that leads to him, you know, cutting bodybuilders or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Or maybe you got somebody that's a, a photographer and they want to work on photography and doing weddings and you, you're taking pictures of haircuts and, and staging them. And that that can take you to a, another path that you want to go. So just whatever that you enjoy Whatever brings happiness into your life, if you somehow incorporate that with mm-hmm. with your skills, then I think that'll that'll stand you out to the point to where the the environment that you're in is where you want to be. Yep. I, I for me, I, I really like uh, I really like music. So a lot of times when I post a haircut, I try to find a song to put in with my story. Right. And and I and I share it. And it might not be the same music for everybody. Everybody might not like the music. But for me, I feel like I can incorporate some of my uh, um, some of my self in it by finding music that I like that relates to myself and putting it with the haircut. Question? Oh yeah, my man. Uh, you can flick through them and just you know. No, I, mean, I got no. I got some highlighted. I, I got so, some hot ones, man. Yeah, as I'm going through, as I'm going through these cards, I get excited because uh, this might take couple couple shows. Okay. <laughs> what keeps you motivated when cuts and services are slow? So. So when the shop is slow, what keeps you motivated? What kept you motivated? 2004, dudes ain't doing splits in your shop. <laughs> Had a little bit of a drought. Um, <clears throat> I 
again, I, I can go back to making it like to that quote. And, and I really believe that quote because my first day in the, in 2004 was my, was like my last day in 2017. And then I made 2017 my last day, like my first day in 2004. And then I made that my everything. So what kept me motivated when it was that time, it was kind of opportunity sometime to sit back and be, to just connect with a client and have time to just talk with a client. Because if it's, if it's too busy, as you finish with a haircut, you prepare for the other client. Mm-hmm. But if it slows down, a client can sit down. You can get to know them a little better. So those times are great, too, because you're talking. Because a lot of clients, they don't want to leave sometimes. Yeah. They come in the shop, and that 45, 50 minutes is up. And they're like, man, damn. And you know that they don't want to leave because you're cutting someone else's hair, and they ask you questions. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, yo, this is somebody else's turn. Yeah, I got to give you my attention. I got to give him my attention. But they're like, oh, man, I don't know. You're mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Just just making it your passion and loving what you do that kept me motivated. I understand that I have a good product and people are going to come. They will come back. I have a good product. I have a good vibe. I I study my craft. I take my craft serious. So if I have a dead time, the, the week always balances out. It all I don't know, for some reason the week always balances out. When I yeah. say balance out, I mean I mean um You might have a slow Tuesday and then Friday you're gonna you're gonna knock it out. And then somehow I end up making the same amount of money mm-hmm. for the week. For sure. Typically. That's how and that's how it's been for me too, man. Like and then it's it's easy to get down on yourself and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna take tomorrow off. But tomorrow might be the day that holds you down for that week. And and then those dead time there's things that you do that you don't get opportunity to do. You know, because the barbershop vibe and setting is the best setting, best vibe I've ever been around mm-hmm. as far as work rise. Because you get to have a good conversation. You get to watch Sports Center, get to listen to some music, get to read a book, get to catch up on some things that you haven't caught up on. Um, you get someone might just stop by and poke their head in your shop and say, hey, Craig, what's up? How you doing, buddy? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And people just stop by sometimes, not even getting a haircut, but to talk to you. And if it's slow. You 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 welcome those times because it gives you opportunity to catch up, like I said, and just and just vibe and keep building that network and just keep growing. And also, it helps you. It gives you time to kind of take a step back and uh, revisit your marketing strategy too. Yes, because you know, even though everybody's going to have dead times, I don't care who you are, you're going to have slow times. So when you do have those slow times, if you step, take a step back and and see how you can market better, it might you might. You know, be so busy for months after that. But, but is it really dead time? Because it's time to work on something. You can work on your craft. You can clean up. You can clean the bathroom. You can dust up, dust your shop. Make sure everything is tight when the next client come in. So it's really not no dead time. It gives you opportunity to kind of reload, sit back, go to the, go back to the drawing board, and and think of things how to better yourself, how to better your shop. Yeah, and and. Yeah, cleaning, doing towel, and, and everybody, you know, there's always the, some part in a barbershop that's being neglected for a little bit. Everybody's just too busy to get to sometimes. Right, and even like in school, and I tell the students, the dead time is something that you have time to work on. You should maximize your time while you're in school. Get as much as possible. Because learning is reciprocated where you have to give some effort to, to do some research to learn. And I think the misconception is, some people think that learning is just from one person, just from the instructor 
or the teacher and you're sitting down there ingesting information. But to also learn, you have to kind of give some feedback and do some research and help yourself out as well, too, because you gain a, a, a grasp, better grasp of the knowledge of what you're trying to learn. I thought that was cool about when I went into uh, Crown Cuts the first time in Johnson City. Uh, there's just so many different types of haircuts going on, so many different types of services. So, like, I could just bounce back and forth, and I felt like I was learning just going back and forth, seeing people do different things. So Right. So here's a good one. Is it better to own the shop or work in the shop as chair rental? I think that's uh I think that comes down to the person. So um I think that the misconception is that everybody that owns a small business is rich. Right. People think that. People think that if you own a business you're rich. It's not always like that. And sometimes it's a lot less stress just giving that booth rent and cut behind a chair than having to find somebody to get their booth rent right. and cut, you know, to cut in your shop. So I think it depends on the kind of person that you are. Um, and if you're motivated and owning a shop is something that you have as a goal, you should do it. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with working in the same shop for 10, 15 years and, and cutting hair. Absolutely not. I mean, a lot of barbers who work in the shop make more money than the shop owner. Of course. And, and, and with less stress yeah. and go home and, 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 and enjoy it. And they don't have to worry about, you know, dealing with the landlord. A lot of barbers tax. make some good money in the shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, after a while, you get to have your shop. You have several barbers or beauticians and you're doing some type of commission base or booth rental. Yeah. But it also comes with a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And and making not only do you have to make you, the clientele happy, but you got to make sure that everybody's happy in the shop or in the salon or, or the, uh, uh, nail, nail tech, whatever you are, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot more than people think. And I think it's funny that people are just, and I was the same way. I was like, I got to own a shop. But then after, after being in a shop for a while, I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not really ready for this yet. I feel like I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'm building a foundation right. and I can do this for a little longer. I don't have to rush to into having a shop because it's not good to shop hop. You kind of get a bad, you, you get a bad reputation if you're shop hopping. Yeah. And, and especially if you move, uh, even, you know, 10, 15 miles down the road from where you were cutting, you're, you're losing, you're losing clientele the further and further you go. Right. And you have to realize that just because, just because over there you could have your name on something doesn't mean that that's always the best option. Right, because there's a lot of work entitled into being the owner, getting your name on something, um, the up upfront cost, the marketing cost, mm-hmm. the, 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 the weekly, monthly maintenance, the utilities, the overhead. Those things play a role, and, and they have to be met. Sometimes it look easy, but it's a lot behind the scene that's done to keep that entity rolling and running. Yeah, and it, and like being a barber feels like you're your own boss, right? But then you when, are, when, yeah, when you, you are, are technically, yeah. And it, but the same thing with shop owner it feels like you got you got so many responsibilities. It's like you have more bosses in a way, you know, almost in, to a degree. But I, for me, right now, uh, I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing behind a chair without the responsibility of owning a shop. I mean, I see both. I mean, I've done both. Um, I, I excelled at both. And I think it's it's okay to work in the shop for three, four, five, ten years if you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and build that reputation. Build those relationships because they go a long way. 
what's what's the most important thing to know in a shop? What do you think should be your day one priority, your first like your last, and what what is the most important thing to, to keep in mind when you're working in a shop? The, the the most important thing when you go into a shop, I think at times is to go in there respecting the chain of command and go in there to make that shop treat it like your shop. Mm-hmm. Treat that shop like your shop. There's nothing beneath you that you cannot do in that shop. Because when people come in and they see a dirty bathroom, they're not saying, "Oh, that's a shop owner's dirty bathroom." They they're gonna it's gonna reflect on you as well. Yeah, that shop as a whole, their bathroom is nasty. They're not clean. And, and if it, you, if you go in there with a bad attitude thinking that, oh, this is not my shop and I don't want to do this and do that, you don't need to be there. Oh, of course. And then, and that negativity, it spreads too. Yeah. And it, it's, it, and it's not conducive for, for anybody to work. Who wants to work in a place that's hostile right. and you could feel, you know, the, the negative energy in the place? Because if you have any aspiration of being great, any aspiration of opening your own shop, you need to go into someone else's shop from day one with great habits. Great manners, great values, plenty of respect, and treat it like yours from day one. And the, the clients can tell; uh, they can, they can read the shop. Yeah, Client, clients know exactly what's going on. They can, they don't, they might not know exactly what's going on, but they can feel something going on when something's in, when you go into a shop, whether it be that the bathroom's disgusting or that two barbers got beef a chair down. They can they can feel that. <laughs> Some people always wonder why they have a hard time going through things, why they go through things more than others, why they have a hard time attaining things, why it it always seems like they just have the worst of luck. You put that on yourself. I, I, I believe in karma and I believe in a positive attitude. And I feel like if you reciprocate positivity into the world you're going to get some negativity that's automatic but mostly positivity right and i and i and i feel that and i live with that philosophy that that if you if you bring positivity you're gonna get positivity back nine times out of ten of course go in the shop the first day and treat it like it's yours i mean don't be disrespectful to the shop owner but treat it like it's yours if there needs some cleaning in the shop no one should ask you to clean the shop if you come in first and you see it first, I mean, because that's your—I mean, like you said, it's your shop. It's the same reputation, and everybody's doing it. And you—and like we talked about before, you set the example. Yeah, it might be a dirty bathroom. Everybody's like, "I ain't clean that bathroom," and you just go and do it because you know what could happen if you don't clean that dirty bathroom and you see it. Your daughter's gonna come in. Your wife is gonna come in. Your mother might come in. Your grandmother might come in, and then you—they're not thinking about. They're thinking about that. This whole shop is dirty. Mm-hmm. And you work here, and you would feel embarrassed to tell them, um, I, you know what? And then they have to use the bathroom as an emergency. Yeah. And you're thinking, like, man, I should have cleaned that. <laughs> yeah, I should have <laughs> put that trash up. Yeah. You see the trash can overflowing? Just take it out. It's simple. That's, and, that's, and that's all it is, is just taking responsibility. Yeah. For it. And in the shop, you've got to realize that you've got to respect the person's shop. No matter if they're there or not, uh, it's their business. They started. You don't know what kind of blood, sweat, and tears that they put in it to have that business, and you got to respect that. So, Mr. Steele, the first barbershop I worked in in Boston before I came back to Tennessee, Open Minds. Um, I went in there. I, I didn't. I didn't even hear that analogy or that quote or a new thing 
know as much about barbering as I know now from studying and working and just teaching it. But I went in there and on slow days, when I'm slow, I'm cleaning the shop. I, I did it the other day and I, t- I was happy to do it. You know, I just, and I can't stand to see it look bad and I don't care. And it doesn't bother me that nobody wants to do it and, and, because I can't, I can't let it happen. I don't want nobody to walk in there and see a dirty bathroom. Right. And once they see one thing, they're looking for something else. Yeah. Oasis Barbershop in Dudley. So I started and when I left to come open my shop in Johnson City, Mr. Steele said, Son, you have a job for life. If anything ever happens, mm-hmm. you can come back here and work. And you don't want to burn any bridges. It's easy to it's easy just to wash your hands or something, but you know sometimes that's not always the best option. You don't. And even even the job that I left previously before I became a barber, I, they say, "Oh, you be back." And I never said no. I never said that I wouldn't. I just said, you know, and maybe one day. There might be one day that I might need to come back. And God wanted it don't happen, but you never know. Do you think having a community day is important to the shop? I think so. I think it is important. I think that maybe not so much as a, a particular day, but giving back. Of course. Just like uh, the other day, a guy came in and asked us to sponsor his, his son's Lily team. You know, they come in every two weeks, get their hair cut. And not only do I feel the, the ob- obligated to, to reciprocate some of that money that was given to me, but at the same time, to be a pillar in the community yes. is, is important because you are. It's a social it's a social realm and people are gonna expect um expect you to 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 be available to the community, not just them. It's important to give back. I, I can't talk about it, I can't think about it enough. Um, uh, it's you, you, people are patronizing your business. They're supporting your career, your craft. And the least you can do is go back into that community and keep it going and recycling and that, that value, that, that, that ethic, that, um, that, that, that love recycle that, that that's, that's, that's a hundred percent. You can't beat that. You can't sh- you, you can't sugarcoat that, and then you know, and as also the negative aspect is if you don't give back, <laughs> people uh, have assumptions about you know your your moral fiber, your moral character, whether or not that you you care about anybody or that. But yourself, you, you, oh yeah, and you see a client sees you as as, as you see them as just another twenty twenty five dollars or however much you put back in your pocket, and people hate that feeling. Yep, yep. That, that's why we became barbers is to get rid of that that number feeling. Of course. Uh, this one I had to answer it because I felt like it was just so random. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite alcohol drink? <laughs> the fact that it's on here, I had to ask you. Uh, um, like I said, that day that guy he didn't come to class for that for the activity. And he wrote it down, I'm just and sorry. he wrote it down, and he just <laughs> wanted to have his questions answered. I and, feel like that was just the most <laughs> I I got it's the most unique question on here. <laughs> Is that a question that has to be answered? Uh no, I'll answer it. Uh I guess I can answer it. Uh I like margaritas, man. I cannot <laughs> I cannot go to uh a Mexican or, or a Latino restaurant uh, of uh any Spanish and not have a, I like margaritas, man. I just like margaritas. But just because he asked that, I feel like it had to get some attention. So he knows who he is. So. Yeah. I, I, I second that too. I, I, I will. 
yeah, I, 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 I sip a margar- you have margarita. A margarita, okay. Yeah, I sip one. You do the frozen one, or you do the rocks? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to answer that one. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another. One. All right, how many hair shows should a new and upcoming barber attend a year? Mm. Continual education is a, is a must. Continual education is important. Continual education it keeps you fresh. It keeps you updated. It keeps you knowledgeable. Um, continue education is something that I think you, everyone in this industry, any field you're in, any field you, you are in, you should continuously try to hone that skill. So I say that to say this, you should try to at least go to, cause they can cost now. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, yeah. It, I mean, cause if, especially if you travel. Yeah. Especially if you travel. So what, whatever your pocket permits. But also you can write those things off. You can. I mean, but you don't want to be writing off 15 hair shows a year. Yeah, of course <laughs> You know not. what I mean? Because you're not going to have no money. Well, you ain't going to be at work either. You're yeah. going to lose clients. You ain't going to have That's no what money. I'm saying. Yeah. So in reason, something in reason, I say if you can make about two or, two or three a I year. I think two's a good number. Yeah. I think two's solid because I've done two in a year, and it's not too much stress on you to get two in. And usually it's a lot closer. Right. Like y'all got Knoxville, I know, is a big one. And then yeah. Charlotte. Nashville, there's in Vegas, there's in Detroit, there's Orlando, there's New York, there's Texas, there's this through, it's all through the country. I think it's a, I think they're so important though. Connecticut. I, I, well, I can't stress how important they are for me or, or the influence that they've had on me because I think everybody as a barber gets to that point that they get kind of stale. Right. You're doing the same, and especially if you're a busy barber, you're doing the same people. Every two weeks, every three weeks, whatever, and it gets kind of stale and monotonous. And then you have to, and you go to a barber show, and, and I feel like it really changes your perspective in a way, or gets you mm-hmm. more motivated or focused to get back at it. You know. Yep. 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 How do you set your prices? Um, <laughs> is that a good one? Or, or no, that's a good one. <laughs> I think that's a good one. I think it's important. I think it's important, especially for new barbers, to know what you're worth. Right, because once you start at a certain price, it's going to be hard to move it. It's not. It it, it might not be hard. It, it's it's when your clientele get used to a certain certain price, and you change it, you're going to lose a percentage, no matter what. Right. No matter how good you are, there's going to be a fall off. So, go ahead and if you get into a shop, that, that and that's another important thing that you need to know when you go into a shop, how much are they charging for the service, because you, you don't want to be out here doing all this work for free, and. And I know that we do this because we love it, but we mostly do it because we need the income. We need to make money to support our families. So know how much you're worth. Don't go in here and doing services for free. Charge for your services. Right. If you're performing, whether you are, you know, out here doing shows for Babyliss or if you're just now getting started in the shop, you need to know how much you're worth. That, that's the key. And from day one, when I open the school, that's what I tell my students. Know your worth. Because when you know your worth, you're not going to be, no one's going to sell you short. No one's going to cut you short. You're, yeah. a, you're able to negotiate your prices as far as your booth rental, your commission, and you come in with quality, you come in with all this experience, your portfolio is top-notch. Know your worth. And once you know your worth, you can start from there. And check out check out the shops in your, in your area, in your community. I feel like that's the number one thing that new barbers do or is – they will give out free services because they feel like that their service isn't adequate enough to charge 
for the service. And I did the same thing. I would do razor lineups because I wanted to, I wanted to practice them. Right, you which know? is good. You didn't lose yeah, nothing because you was you was honing your skill no, at the course, same time. But it had to get to a certain point to where I had to say, okay, people are expecting these, right? And it's costing me time, and it's cutting into my and, and I had to actually start charging for them. So. Well, well, how you how you what you can do? I said, hey, um, this time I'm going to throw in this this razor lineup for you, but next time this will be my price going up. Or enhancements or, or yeah. anything like that, any and kind of service. Your price, there's several ways to go around your pricing. Um, one thing that we came up with in the classroom with a group of my students, we call it, we call it the pie pricing formula. So in a, sense, in a sense, we use the clock and you get price because, and we basically did it for one of the questions was, how do you charge kids? And we came up with the pie pricing formula where we do it on the, on the, on the clock. Every 15 minutes, you charge a certain price because you can typically tell how long it takes for a kid haircut to be completed, whether it's 15, 20, 30, 40, 45, 50 minutes, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So if you deem that you're, you can get this haircut finished in 30 minutes, you start your half the pie, say 15 minutes, because some parents, they just drop the kids in, the, in your lap and they expect you to comb it, um, wash it, and do everything else. And keep the kid calm, yeah. and and they just in their magazine on Facebook on IG or whatever, and it's up to you. So your first fifteen minutes, or you, you say your heck is ten ten dollars. You go to the next fifteen minutes, you add say six, so you up to sixteen. And if you can't complete the heck in the forty five minutes, and you're supposed to be completing about fifteen twenty minutes, you up to forty five minutes. Now you you're in that third quadrant, so the Third quadrant is another four bucks. So now you've started at ten. So you had six in the second quadrant, and the third quadrant that's four. That's twenty. That's twenty, and then you exceed that. You add another six. So you're looking at twenty six dollars for a kids' haircut. That should be fifteen dollars. That should take you twenty minutes. My favorite is when these uh, is when people bring the kids in, and they be a screaming five year old, and they show you a picture of like a. Like a, a grown man with a beard, <laughs> yeah, Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you make my kid look like this? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a picture of someone with a different complexion. Oh yeah, that's the biggest. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll come in with a picture of Will Smith. I want to like Will Smith. <laughs> like I can't. Thor. Make, yeah. <laughs> you want to look like Adam Sandler? <laughs> you know you what mean? Some, I know you're Adam. Come here. Make me look like David Beckham. David like, Beckham. Oh, that's a big one. David yeah. Beckham is a big one. Yeah. I'm like, your head don't shake like David Beckham. <laughs> You've got cowlicks and everything. Yeah. David Beckham had a small. Yours is like, has a, a three-foot radius. Here's a good one. How hard is it to get a loan for a barbershop, to get like a business loan? That's you. I don't know. It, it Again, relationships. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Building the right relationship because one of the priceless things about barbering is the relationships that you'll build. In the course of your time of cutting hair, a banker will sit in your chair. Of course. A lawyer will sit in your chair. A judge will sit in your chair. An accountant will sit in your chair. A doctor will sit in your chair. Someone who's cutting grass will sit in your chair. Someone who's painting will sit in your chair. So you have to build that relationship. And when that banker comes in your chair, you build that relationship from day one. So he's going to be your, he, you're going to retain that cl- that client. He's coming back to you. And you build that relationship, that's step one. And sometimes lending money is 
is as simple as can they trust you with the money? Right. Not not necessarily what's your credit look like. It's like okay, is he a responsible person that I can lend him this money? And that's why it comes back to those small towns because people know you. Oh yeah. No, the, so depending where you where you are where you're at, if you try to get a loan, it might be as difficult or as easy as the relationship that you have built and the people that you know. So I don't want to give him a loan because the bathroom's always dirty and he don't show up to work half the time. I don't think I'll give him a loan. Yeah. And you, you have to have some things, some ducks in the road, too. You have to have oh, some collateral, a little bit of collateral. You have to have to show some good history of doing certain things. You can't be in default all the time. You can't be in bankruptcy and all those things. Credit card debt. Credit card debt. I mean, so it goes back to the 70-30 rule. 70% of your income taking care of your bills taking care of the things that you need to take care of and that 30% that's 30% that you can use to do what you need to do as far as leisure but put 70% towards your and then you know what I mean? and, and that 30% you have to do something with that you start saving and a lot of barbers don't save we so so you have to have some type of savings to of something a little bit in the bank to kind of get some get a loan. And Elon Musk would say you take that thirty percent and then cut it in half, and then you live off that that fifteen percent, right? And then the rest of it you save. Yeah, but you gotta have some good saving habits. You have to have some good habits before you go to the bank because they're gonna give you a questionnaire, a financial statement sheet that you have to fill out. And everything on that sheet can't be in a negative because you have to have some assets as well to get a loan. You got to be honest on your taxes. You got to be honest. <laughs> and, you, you, and then you have to be honest on your taxes. That's right. You can't, if you want to open a business and you're only making 10 grand a year, they ain't going to give you no loan. No. I mean, you have to be forthright and honest because they will want to know, can you make this payment back? And don't go and ask for something outrageous that you can't handle. No 30 grand. No, I mean, what would you say to start a barbershop? What would you think a minimum loan would be just it, to get off? Like you ain't got nothing, bare bones except your equipment. What would you do? It depends. So I'll use myself. When I started, my barbershop was about three hundred and fifty square feet. So I needed two chairs, I needed a bench for seating, I needed a television, um, I needed a t- two stations, um, one shampoo bowl a closed cabinet for soil towels. Um, and I start with, it probably was about, and that was 2004, so it's about 2500 bucks. That's all you, for, yeah. off, off the ground. Just to get yeah, because my rent was real low. I negotiated my rent, mm-hmm. built a relationship with my landlord, and I negotiated my rent where he gave me the first, I think, three months free, and then let me escalate my rent to what it's going to be. This and is I, pre-recession. Yeah. This is pre I mean, but you could use those same traits and same habits to negotiate for rent or your mortgage or whatever it may be for you to get secure that that space for your shop. Is that the biggest overhead for a shop is the rent? Uh, pretty much. That's, that's the most. Pretty much. Depends where you are, too. You know what I mean? Because some shops, it's... If it's booth for a commission or some shops where it's commission, their overhead may be um, products, the marketing, that stuff. Because when you're doing commission-based shops, they handle everything. All you have to do is just show up. 
They do your taxes for you too. They right? do your taxes for you. Mm-hmm. So they have to pay their accountant and their CPA to do all that for you. All the equipment, all the product is on them. All you're doing is work is showing up, doing the doing the service, and you out. Yep. So typically, like yeah, the rent, but. Starting out, um, I say about if you a modest shop, five to ten grand should do you well because you can get used equipment. Yeah, you don't have to go out there and ball out and spend thirty, forty grand over the shop. That's what everybody wants to do, though. Oh, you gotta I get mean, that brand new. You gotta get that 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 five grand barber chair with the crank on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I, when you're in business for about five, ten years, then you could you remodeling your shop and you can spend some money on it. But don't just come out the box spending twenty five, thirty grand on your shop. So you start a shop just bare necessities. Just and, and it goes back to that's why it kind of starts with working in the shop for a couple of years and saving your money. And you can see and you can prioritize what you would need when you do. Get yeah, this yeah. Shop. yeah, yeah. And also depending on the services that you want to provide yourself in your shop. Yeah. So you give somebody ten years in the shop, twelve, fifteen years, and you say, "Man, it's time I want to go out and on a limb." You should have had created some habits by that time and saved enough money to do what you need to do. And even if you need to go and get some, secure some money from the bank, you should have some savings so the bank could see, okay, this guy had this amount of money in his account. So we were going to mind lending him this amount of money where you could pay just a monthly payment, which is low. So you won't spend all the money that you have. You're using someone else's money now to make you better. Yeah. That's and that's the game, and that's the game. That's how it works. Okay. Now I had the last one. That's your turn. Man, we've been on there for about forty-five minutes now. Has and it I been know, forty-five minutes already? For, almost fifty minutes, and I know we have a whole lot more questions, and we might have to finish this next week. That's fine. Yeah, because it, this was this was funner than I thought it was going to be. I need this dude to make more the alcohol drink. I need <laughs> more questions from him. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. <laughs> I thought you call him like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Again, Barber College Success brought to you by Craig Charles of Crown Cuts Academy, JC Crown Cuts Academy, Bristol, and Craig's Crown Cuts, JC Barbershop. And my co host, Mr. Am I Fields? Am I your barber on Instagram? Uh, teaching on Tuesdays at Bristol Crown Cuts Academy. Yes, sir. And stop through. If you have any questions for us, hit us up. We open up Tuesday through Saturday, 8.30 to 6, 7. If you have questions, call us at 423-461-0004. Um, again, Craig's Crown Cuts. Spread love the JC way. The only way we know how to do it is the Crown Cuts way. Hit us up. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>